0: Walk into a stadium, eight thousand people. They all want you to lose, but as long as you got your twenty-six guys ready to kick ass or kick the butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. Hello, everyone. It's me, Stephen Shock, and you're listening to the Shock Factor podcast. Where I, again, Stephen Shock. I'm joined by my friends, Jake Nance and Jordan Schusterman. fellas. How are we doing?
1: Steve, it is so good to see you once again on this Sunday night. It is March nineteenth. It is one of the highlights of my week, and you are going to be reporting back to us your trip to Gainesville. Excited to talk about that, but Jake, we certainly have a lot of other college baseball things to talk about this weekend, including a, a humble apology to a certain program
2: uh, in the state of Mizzou. But let's start down in Florida, where Steve Shock, Florida man, headed down to Gainesville for the weekend series, Alabama, against those Gators. And my question for you, my bearded donkey, is did you wrestle a gator? I did not wrestle a gator,
0: and I think that's because I got lucky. Um, If I wrestled the gator, this would be my obituary episode where you guys would have to be saying nice things about me um, and talking a lot about me in the past tense.
2: If you were murdered by an actual alligator on a Saturday, we probably wouldn't pod on Sunday. Wow, um, probably. I think we would probably pa- pod that night.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, got to be tough. Got to be tough on yeah, the road. While the body's still warm. Yeah, that, that way you can at least get a few of my last breaths into the mic and, <laughs> right. and the true tradition exactly. of mouth breather Steve.
2: boy Steve. So, But how were things down in Florida? You saw Alabama, uh, a school that I learned this week, is now good at basketball as well. Yeah, I think.
0: I think Alabama is actually good at baseball too. Just Florida did did really good at baseball, you know. It's one of those situations where both can be good, you know, where only one can win. You know, I could either eat the apple pie or a whole tray of brownies. Either way, it's going to be a good thing. I just don't know what I'm going to feel, who's going to get left out, you know.
2: Steve, you could eat both, though. You could.
0: Nah, nah, when I get going, I get going, you know? And then, then when I get stopping, I get stopping. Otherwise, th- there's only so much room in the the hypothetical Stephen Shock stomach of college baseball. Nice. Only one can win. I don't know if the one in my stomach is the winner or the loser, but oh, that's a some, one's got to be in my stomach, one's got to not be. And the the fef- the simple fact of the matter is, there was a little bit of each in my stomach, and a little bit of each left. You know, no one swept. Jake, you look am, confused. Am What's I high?
2: You? Am I high, or is this a bad analogy?
0: It might. It's not. It's not my perfect one in my mind. Great analogy, but what we got to remember is everybody's different. No one's the same. So how also how could how could an analogy be?
1: That better? was also a case where Steve was just like. We were kind of letting him go longer than he really needed to, you know. Yeah, you guys let me to talk where, too long. Yeah, like- we were we
2: we were pulling a, Mar- uh, a Mark DeRosa with Steve. Just I, I him spent out go cook. get him, go get him. I go spent get just Steve. A,
0: a little bit too much time in Florida. <laughs> that
2: is true. The so sun rays Florida, got to me. You saw Florida win two games, and you saw Alabama win one game. Yeah. We let's start with the crowd and the atmosphere because I think we have talked on this pod. We have thrown some shade. For those of you who live in Florida, shade is like the opposite of sun. I know you're not very familiar with it, but we have thrown some shade at the Florida baseball atmosphere. You went and saw it firsthand. You tweeted out a picture about the crowd. You were like, this is amazing. And I'm going to be honest, the crowd, it was not full when you tweeted that picture. It was like half full. Honest opinion of your experience, crowd only, in Gainesville.
0: Crowd only? I'm... I'm in. I am in on the Gators fans. So the stadium holds 8,000 people. That's what I learned in my talks with the head coach. It's going to be like your wedding, right, Steve? Yeah, probably. Um, I don't know 8,000 people, but there's going to be room for 8,000 people. It's a wide open farm field. Um, But anyways, room for 8,000. They had about 5,500 first night, so that's a Thursday night. And the next night, it was a doubleheader. There was no school the next day. Um, I think the total was 6,112. Don't quote me on that, but I think I'm close. And I was like, wow, that's pretty good attendance-wise. Um, But I don't see any college kids here. And then someone goes, hey, it's spring break, you doofus. And I was like, wow, they got that many butts in seats on spring break. But just... Going around and talking with the fans, like, they were having good baseball conversations. Like, you can go to games and, like, you'll hear fans say stupid shit like, oh, it's the ninth inning, Um, so I guess we gotta pack up and start leaving when it's a tie game. Like, there, there's some places where fans just don't have feel, they don't understand the game super well, and that's fine. Enjoy baseball. I, I think the fans down in Gainesville ha- have a bit more feel for the game of baseball. I was I was really impressed with it.
2: They're too busy thinking to make any noise. Jordan, what were you going to ask, Steve?
1: <laughs> well, I think, I think that is that is an interesting observation, and sure, in terms of the, the, you know, you know, talking scouting, like what kind of look are you getting? Oh, it was a bad look. It was a good look. You had kind of a weird uh, look because, like you said, it was spring break, but it did look good. I still feel like looking at it, again, you were there, like it is clearly a beautiful, new, beautiful. fresh ballpark right like I can't hate on how sweet the facilities must be to play there and to right and so I think if anything what we are just going to need to see is just is the time to kind of build the atmosphere from a student standpoint because and again like Jake and I have never been there like we can't speak on it to that and you just saw it so I'm not going to tell you what you saw and what you experienced but as you said it was spring break maybe not as many college students there so I just feel like that there needs to be more time to kind of develop what some of these other sec parks have really made because clearly it's not like the stadium doesn't look freaking awesome like obviously every other or 99.5 percent of other college baseball stadiums would love to be that nice and would love to have that stadium there's no doubt about that it's more about kind of the the more subtle parts of it that it feels like it's missing but
2: it's again. like when you move into a nice house which i've never done um or you go stay at like a nice airbnb right and you are less willing to trash the place because you want to respect the niceness of the facility whereas like the most fun I've ever had living in a location was the shittiest house I've ever lived in which was my junior year of college because you could just you know you could just throw trash on the ground like you could spill a drink and not clean it up and I think that maybe there needs to be some stickiness to the floors in uh in florida that maybe isn't quite there yet and i i love and- that
0: I, I love that your idea of fun is just not having to clean <laughs> it was the most fun i've ever had i left three rappers on the ground man
2: shit was a movie <laughs> extremely fair retort. My point is, I guess like I'm thinking about it in the context of Ole Miss, right? Ole Miss is throwing the beer in the air, right? They're throwing the beer in the air. Florida's new ballpark is like too nice. Like if you did that, you would like clean it up with a squeegee. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I think, I
0: think their fan base is going to change a little bit just because, They opened their new stadium in 2020. They haven't necessarily had a super stellar year since then. So I think this is going to be like the first year where people are like, oh, let's go to the baseball game because it's about to be June and we're still playing meaningful games. And another thing that I think really, this is like kind of a stretch, but I think it could have contributed, is their last stadium just had zero shade. We had mentioned shade earlier in Florida. Florida <laughs> people not knowing about yes. it. Literally, there was no shade. Like, it was just hot, hot back of your thigh to bleach your seats. And you cooked. And so I think the fact that there are options for shade in the new place um, will play a big role.
1: I, I think you're totally right. I think your first point is is more spot on, right? We really have not seen, like, a juggernaut Florida team since this uh ballpark opened and so you're right and that's when they're really going to have to prove it those later sec series when the students are back around when they're tr- competing for an sec title right like stuff like that like that is when we are we- that is when we can i think more fairly judge this crowd and how it even translates on television
2: now steve yeah. before i ask you about players that stood out when you were there did you get to go to the gym when you were down there
0: no, I did not. Ah, um,
2: uh, I guess you didn't go to Gainesville after all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, I, I don't go to hotel gyms. I, I can't find time to work out with my busy work schedule.
2: That's a Jake Mintz-Chris Burke move. <laughs>
1: there you go. Now you're starting to understand the differences in the D1 baseball family. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> some of the baseball because you did see three games, and while in, in some ways, yes, you know, Florida comes out feeling good, Alabama did play well. They dealt with the game of Brandon Sproat's life on Thursday <laughs> night, right? So they ran into that. So, yes, they only had one hit, but like I said, it was the best game he's ever pitched. They lose a one-run game in game one. They get walked off in very goofy fashion. They come back. They win the third game, beating Hurston Waldrip, the first loss of the year for Hurston Waldrip. So we don't have to recap every single game, but individual moments or players that that stood out to you, Steve uh, at this, at this series.
0: So the first one that stood out to me, I still have his name barely autographed on my arm. BT Rypel, the kid on Friday or Thursday night's game, every ball he hit was just destroyed it. None of them went over the fence somehow, but every single one of them, it was like you would walk to the plate and you knew loud contact was coming. He hit several up-home runs, which I know is a metric you guys track. Um, and th- those those say something about a ball player. And he was also just a great dude. Great dude to be around. Vibes were high around him. He, he wants to learn the game. Um, when I spoke with Coach Sullivan, he was like, yeah, BT is just right next to me all game. He doesn't. I never asked him to be, never told him to be. He's just always right there, like... He wants to know what's going on, and he's a great leader and a great player because of it. So I was really impressed with him. That's why Um, they
2: call him Big Thinker Ryapel.
0: Yeah, that's what the BT stands for. I had no idea until you just told me, actually. So this is good.
1: And also, uh, again, I am always a fan of the initials that we don't see, right? How many JTs do we see? How many... You know, TJs do we have in college baseball? But he, I believe he is the only BT, at least the one that I've seen. And you mentioned him hitting a couple up home runs. He also had an up home run that was also a home run on Friday when he hit a 49 degree um, pop fly that scooted on over the right field fence. One of the goofier homers I've seen so far this season. But yes, he is definitely a fun player. It seems like Jack Caglione was relatively quiet. Um, during your, your, your stay. Uh, in, he was in starstruck that Steve was there. Yes. He, he yeah, knew I, he was in the presence of greatness. And he, after Steve's been tweeting about every single thing he's done so far this season, he kind of felt that weight. Every time he would come to the plate, he could tell that Steve was recording him, right? I'm sure that yeah, was the case. Yeah, every at-bat. Every at-bat. And unfortunately, that, that pressure of at Big Donkey 47 was too much. The bright lights of Steve's iPhone was a little bit too much <laughs> to overcome for Jack Kags. Um but uh but you know Josh Rivera hit some homers. Cade Curland looked awesome. You, you were impressed yeah. by Kate Yeah, Josh
0: Rivera that kid, he just he in my eyes, he's a big leader. Like the the kid's just smooth. He he walks with a a little pep in his step that just seems different. Um just the way he carries himself really. He he carries Steve, himself I, think
2: that, I think he's got a rock in his shoe.
0: That could also be it. What if maybe that's what I was missing? Because I was a big no rock and shoe guy, especially yeah, you around had, scouts.
2: That was the pep you were missing in your step. Damn.
0: I was so close to millions and here I am. But that's There's all. There's still
2: time. There's
1: still time, Steve. <laughs> go, go, find a, go find a rock and shove it on in there and
2: see what happens. Are
0: we looking for pointy or roundness or is it just rock in general?
2: You're um, going to have to ask Rivera.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the kid, he, he's just fun to watch play baseball. He's a really good player. And Cade Curlin, he was hitting the ball hard every at bat too. He had, I think two home runs on the weekend. So the same number is Josh. That's why both of them are being talked about because neither had more than the other. So I got to talk about both.
1: Uh, Cade Curlin, true freshman. Not a guy that was like super famous in high school. I've talked a lot about how those are my favorite kind of freshmen where it's like, oh, I didn't know your name when you were at a million showcases, and now you're one of the best freshmen in the country. So he definitely fits that description. Quickly, before we move on, anyone on Alabama um, that, that maybe said, I know you were you were Gator-focused here, um, but they, I know Colby Shelton hit a homer. I know mm-hmm. you, you were excited. Fun about to see that
0: in the flesh. Yeah, um, so, so that was cool. Caden Rose also just yes. hit the piss out of the baseball, like – I know on Friday or Thursday night's game, he didn't do anything, but he was saving up all his energy for the rest of the weekend, actually, just for the last game uh, as I'm going through the box scores. But I remember he had hit the ball hard several times. He hit a home run that was literally hit into the softball stadium, which is probably about 500 feet past left field. Um, and then Cade Woods, their closer, was awesome. He is a fun dude to watch pitch. He like, so the stadium, I know we were talking a lot about the crowd. It was, it was relatively buzzing when he came in because he came in at a time where things were about to go in Florida's favor. And he said, uh, uh-uh, took literally the wind right out of everyone's sails with the first at-bat. Like when, when a closing pitcher does that, it is so fun to watch.
1: He struck out every batter he faced. Yep. And after coming into the game in the third game of the series, um, last seven (laughs) batters, just he said, smell you later. Back to the dugout with you. And he let him know
0: about it, which is good.
1: Yes. So very good (laughs) shout out there. All right. Now, of course, uh, nothing screams Stephen Shock like returning home from your Florida Gators visit to a – a lifetime supply of LSU gear <laughs> um, which she immediately posted, which is very funny. We're not going to talk about LSU that much on this episode, but I just wanted to say to everybody listening on all these different programs, please keep sending Steve gear. It's very funny and uh, he 30%. deserves it. He he does indeed love all of you. So um, don't think that he is, Hey, i forgotten about you. It's just that he's he's, you know, looking for that next, that next care package.
2: <laughs> I have never heard Steve say anything bad about any college baseball program ever, but it is nice that Steve becomes the first player in March to uh, enter the transfer portal and make his way to LSU during this time of the year. Speaking of LSU, they lost today, gentlemen.
1: They did. They They lost to Texas A&M. They were winning that game. And finally, you know, I was disappointed by this just because I was kind of loving the whole we were we saw their only loss. I was like, yeah. I was was wondering like it, it was always starting to feel like, you know how far into the season we could go where we could treat the LSU loss like we saw Bigfoot, right? And it was like, yeah, no, I fucking saw that. Like that shit happened. I was there. <laughs> Iowa. Beat them, not just like squeak by. You yeah, wasn't know. like they didn't just lose; they got crushed. And and then again, if they had won for the next three weeks, again, people would be looking at us like we were crazy. Like that didn't happen. It's like, also come on, guys. fun to
0: think about, like in that loss, the amount of scoring opportunities they had. Like I feel like if that were their only loss, no one would believe us if we told them like about the game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. But uh, I, gentlemen, I think it is t- the time has come. The time has come in this podcast. As One Republic once said, it's not too late to apologize. Steve Schock, Jordan Schusterman, I'm Jake Mintz. Let's say sorry to Missouri. Steve, the floor is yours.
0: Dear Missouri, Dear how Missouri. are you? I am well. Thank you for asking. The reason I write today is to say sorry. We've had a long, drawn-out history where you've walked off on me, no-hit me. But I've done worse than that to you, where I've doubted you, and I shouldn't have, and I'm sorry. All the best, Steve.
1: So this is actually the second time we've said sorry to Missouri this year. (laughs) If we resume, or resume, we rewind to after the first week of the series when they went to the college baseball showdown, at Globe Death Field, and won two of three over Texas and TCU, and we were like, oh, Missouri, but whatever, first weekend, anything can happen, okay. Well, since then, they took three of four at FIU, they swept Texas Southern, oh, watch out, they lost the game to New Jersey Tech, okay, but they also won that series, and then, since then, they just welcomed the Tennessee Volunteers to their homes in Columbia, and said, welcome to my house, Get the fuck out. <laughs> That's what Missouri did to Tennessee as they took down the Vols 9-1, to 7-4, to and 7-1 to in emphatic fashion, which brings their season to a record of 16-3, and undefeated in the SEC, and making us all look very, very silly. And I love
2: it, Jake Mintz. I love it. Here's the thing. You cannot fluke your way to a sweep of Tennessee. That is kind of how I feel if they had taken two or three and there'd been some close games. We, you know, we'd be like, sorry, Missouri. And then maybe whatever it all falls apart. This was resounding. Okay. They beat them. They straight up crushed them. They took the best staff in America and said, oh, here is the underside of the bottom of my garage where John Wick keeps all of his weapons. I'm going to bury you deep, deep underground. And they did that. It was an incredible performance. Now, I am not making excuses for the volunteers, but I would imagine that uh, Tennessee would say the weather came into play because it was bone-chillingly cold in Missouri over the weekend, something that the Tennessee children are not exactly used to. However, it was just not even close. They were playing in the same temperature. Game two, I believe Tony V got the old heave arguing think it was a check swing i, call? It was, I thought it was, a balk. it was a ball but a balk, yeah. a balk, which he balked
0: yes yeah. he did balk. yeah absolutely i <clears throat> i'm glad you bring this up because it's one of my biggest like irks as a baseball player on pickoff moves it is very easy to control what you are doing i i, I cannot stress this enough when you pick off to first base even if you don't gain ground just take a few steps towards your first baseman. Cut down the throw length. Umpires will never, ever call you for a balk because you didn't gain ground. Because they're just like, oh, no, he walked over, kind of, after. Yeah. It's <laughs> just do it. Save yourself trouble. Yeah. Steve Dunstan what are we talking at?
2: about. Where are we at right now with the Tony V ejection vibe? Because I have to, what do you say? I'm for it. You're for it. I'm getting a little bored. I am getting bored because it's the same shtick. Maybe I have a short attention span, but I think that Tony V needs to mix up the ejection style because he has the same face on every time he's getting tossed. I just want a different flavor of Tony V ejection. I'm getting, you know what it's like? It's like when an artist releases a banger of an album and you're like, that's great. And then they release another album. That's like the same kind of vibe you're like that's awesome and then the third album's the same and you're like okay this is good you're still good at this you're still good at this but maybe add a guitar or like yeah you know throw your throw your hat
0: you're right Beethoven he was soft he'd never come out with anything new it was always just the same
2: but that's, that's one way to look at it that that's is, a great point Steve what's yeah. Beethoven's last name
0: exactly we don't know
2: no one knows Beethoven's first why won't last he name. tell us what is he, like a Brazilian soccer player? Do, do, do you player? not know?
1: You don't know his first name, Stephen?
2: Or his his
1: first name, I believe, not his last name. His first um, name is Cher. Um, <laughs> Cher Beethoven. Is
2: that the same, is that the same
1: uh, <laughs> artist? A uh, couple things I want to say about the series.
2: I, wait. Oh, yeah. Actually, Steve, do you know oh. his first name?
0: No. God, no. <laughs>
2: Great. That proves my point.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say on the Tony V ejection, I don't care about the flavor or style of the ejection. Like, I would like a mix-up. But in this context, I get what he's doing. You said it perfectly. You said his exact quote before he got ejected. He went, I'm bored. And he probably said, I'm cold too. I want to get out of here.
2: Well, he no, was he, trying to, I think he was trying to fire up the troops.
0: That didn't, it didn't feel like a fire up the troops ejection though. It was just kind of like, hey, Mr. Umpire, can you toss me real quick? He was just kind and and like, Is what you're yeah, saying. So, well, yeah. yeah
2: you're, you're saying he was, he was. Tapping out for warmth purposes?
0: Yeah, I've seen it. I
2: don't think that's Tony V. Probably I think not. He, I would imagine like Tony V yelling for warmth. Like just yeah. screaming up a storm to like get his face red so he can get his, his can blood flowing a little bit. Either way, let's talk about, let's focus on Missouri here. Um, how real are, is this? Like, it's real enough that I'm now watching their games. Is it make the tournament real? Is it make the SEC tournament real? How real, Jordan? I am pretty in on the
1: offense. I don't yeah. really know what else I need to see from the offense to be sold. I mean, they have some like legitimate pro guys Trevor Austin, Luke Mann, who are, you know, old. It's a very old offense. Hank Zeisler, who's 24 and his like his seventh year of college baseball. D3 transfer, who was at UNLV last year and then came over to Missouri for his last year. He's got an OPS, almost 1,300. Um, Dalton Bargo, his freshman, hit a huge homer today that was absolutely sweet. The pitching, I'm still kind of not—like, the numbers obviously look pretty good. Um, Rorick Maltrud, who I believe was also a, a transfer. I think he's also way older. Where was he at? He was at New Mexico State. Nice move from Rorick Malchud getting out of New Mexico State and heading over to Missouri. That is a nice little piece of business for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, it, again, though, like like you said, like you can't fluke your way to a, a sweep of Tennessee. So they're clearly pretty good. We'll talk about South Carolina here in a little bit. Missouri going to South Carolina next weekend. Before the season, that would not be an SEC series I was especially circling, and now it's like the number one one I want to watch next week. So that's definitely exciting. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see, but this is a nice, a nice start. And like, you know, RPI wise, not that I'm an expert on that, but sweeping Tennessee is going to put you in a pretty damn good spot going forward, almost no matter what. So as far as like a postseason resume, that's, they're going to be able to carry that for the entire season. Um, and so I've, I've seen enough to think that there should absolutely be competing with everybody they're, they're going after. I, again, I still don't totally know how much I buy the, the depth of the pitching staff, but um, but, man, they look, they look great. It's very cool. It's very cool. Uh, yeah, I
0: think it's kind of hard to gauge just because pitching staff-wise, they didn't really need many guys this weekend.
1: Yeah, that's also true. Um, the last thing I wanted to say about Tennessee is these were their first road games, like actual road games, because they had played in Arizona. You know, I, I got to see them out there playing in the Desert Invitational. And then since then, they've just been at home just kicking the shit out of everybody that's come in and it hasn't been the best team. So this was another thing. I mean, sure, the weather, I'm sure, was part of it too. I mean, it's been cold in Tennessee at times also. But uh, this was clearly, if there is a concern about Tennessee, it is, I guess, maybe how does the offense travel, right? Because it did travel last year for all the Lindsey Nelson jokes we can make. But like, they better get their shit together before they go to LSU in a couple weeks because that's not going to be pretty. If you're getting your ass kicked by Missouri on the road, I cannot imagine it's going to be much better when they go down to Baton Rouge. So we will see with Tennessee. That was definitely the, 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 the series uh, result that got our uh, attention the most.
2: But let's run through some of these sweeps here. because oh, yeah, there it wasn't quite, the only sweep. Sure. There are quite a few around the country. We could spend a lot of time on each of these, but I need to go to bed. Uh, and so we won't. Vanderbilt put the absolute shellacking onto Ole Miss. That was something else, huh? At home, which is you know a little bit less impressive than if it was on the road, but still crazy. The number six team in the country taking the number three team in the country down. Beep boop. I'm very in on this Vanderbilt team. I have grown a liking to them, even though like Enrique Bradfield <laughs> looks slower. Maybe I'm well, crazy. He's just been he's just been downright bad. Like mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. There's really no other way to put it.
1: I want. <laughs> I wish I could spin it some other way, but he's just not. Maybe he hit up this weekend. I don't know, but his numbers coming into this weekend, he was hitting like 250. So, but no, I Steve's, think he did pretty good this weekend. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, he had he had a couple
0: of doubles. I think had uh, okay. he got he got picked off and caught stealing once. That's the thing. That's he's not getting uh, not he's
2: good, he's getting caught. I I think he's been caught like five times already this year. Anyway, it was a good weekend for Vanderbilt. uh, Hunter Owen. Yes, Hunter Owen. A million Maldonado brothers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe the new one is Chris, and Mm -hmm. he homered this weekend, I believe his second of the year. Carter Holton is yet another Vanderbilt starter in a long line of aces who makes those uh, black pinstripe pants look incredibly tight. So shouts out to him. Three wins for the Doors. Kentucky sweeping Mississippi State. I saw a stat on the Twitter machine. First time since, like, the 1950s that Ole Miss and Mississippi State got swept to open, or got swept, like, at the same time, I think is what it was. Uh, Pretty
1: remarkable. This is from uh, the SEC Baseball account, which is now, I believe, also part of the D1 Baseball family. Mississippi State, 14 straight SEC losses dating back to last year. Wow. Wow. Uh, It just means (laughs) – Yikes. That is not not great. That's back to dating back to last year. Tennessee More like AM Mississippi, Florida. More Mississippi Mississippi shite. <laughs> they are some doo-doo right now. I don't know what to I don't know what to say there, but that's a great call. Yeah, Ole Miss and Mississippi State getting getting swept is is unusual. But Steve, did you I mean Kentucky is also a team that, you know, we haven't really been taken too seriously. And they this was their first, I guess, impressive series win. But their record is crazy. I think it's something like 19-3 and 3 or something. Um, so they look they look really good. Uh, Steve. I,
2: I am less impressed by that than I am with Mizzou, considering oh, for Mississippi for State sure. looks like some. For sure. Matt, let's run through the rest of these. Miami sweeping Virginia Tech. South Carolina sweeping Georgia in Georgia. That team is hitting a ton of home runs. Gavin Casas, man, that's my guy. He hit a ball this weekend that disappeared and it was the type of thing like you know in a world star video when someone gets punched and like the crowd just goes oh it was like that type of sound from people watching so the gamecocks i believe are now 20 and 1. Uh, we talked about mizzou stanford swept oregon state as they bounce back from uh, may weekend last weekend arkansas a team that i think we're glazing kind of looking past maybe we'll get to them in a future episode they swept Auburn UCLA swept Arizona I don't even know where UCLA is is that in? I think that's in well, we'll University of Colorado left area and then ECU Steve's favorite team outside of UVA and Queens College swept at Missouri State with some cool wins there but Steve this brings us to our giblet ticklers of the week Steve who tickled those giblets of yours
0: are you ready? No. I don't think but I have ready. no choice. Tell us. <clears throat> the Florida Gators. Not because of anything I saw on the baseball field. But because Friday or Thursday night's game, hour and fifty minutes, Sprout throws an incredible, incredible game. Probably game of his life, arguably one of the most impressive baseball games I've seen pitched. The dude is is still at the field 45 minutes after the game signing autographs and talking to little kids. And I'm still there because, truth be told, I'm not a great adult and I couldn't decide if I wanted to walk back to the hotel or get an Uber. It was, I had to cross one whole street to get back there. So it, it was a big decision. I didn't have Jake and Jordan there to hold my hand through it. So naturally, I stayed for about 50 minutes after. But just everyone on their team was so engaged with the fans and that really made me happy it's what I feel like college baseball really needs more of and while I was watching it last year Steve came out he came up to me and he said Steve this right here this is what college baseball is all about man and that's what it really was and it made me happy to see so I'm in on the Florida Gators I really like their head coach he's a great guy to talk to he uh he shared some good insight with me that I I like him for it. So for those
2: of you who are maybe new to the show last year, Steve would say the following phrase. That's what college baseball is all about. At least once or twice an episode. And I like JK Simmons and whiplash beat it out of him successfully. Okay. And so now Steve bringing that back on March 19th, after almost a month and a half, two months of podcasting, I raise a glass to you. I'm going to take my beer glass and literally clink my microphone for you, Steve. Ready? Thank you. That's for you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, cheers
1: to the Gators, Who and I love that. Not that he shouldn't – I'm not saying this as like an excuse, but also like if your game is, is an hour and 50 minutes, you might as well stay longer <laughs> and sign yeah. some autographs. But I, so.
0: I did the math on it, which means – if If you did a percentage of time spent at the baseball field from first pitch, sixty four percent of that time was spent playing baseball. thirty six percent of it was spent signing autographs.
1: Which that is that's a large class. allotment of time. That's a strong that's a strong performance from Mr. Sprout and his friends. So respect to uh, respect to them. Uh, Let's all right. zip on
2: through yes. our winless. And uh, we do not have any more winful, undefeated teams. No. I However, think the best
1: record left is South Carolina at 20-1. and one. I believe that is the most wins with the fewest losses. Um, so I guess we can keep an eye on that highest win percentage. But for now, mm. we still have one more winless team to check
2: off. Jake, update us. Northwestern. Got a big fat W in the mail today on Sunday, the Lord's Day, if that's your Lord. He's not mine. Jordan and I are Jewish. But Northwestern won today, beating Butler, Batman style, taking Alfred and kicking him to the curb, telling the butler who's boss. Dartmouth, many of whom may one day have a butler, they got a dub at South Florida Pretty impressive to go down and bullshit on the Bulls. But then they got rolled by UCF this weekend. New Mexico State living on the moon in that thin, thin air. They got a dub against the newly named Utah Tech on Saturday, which still sounds like a fake school. And the St. Peter's Peacocks, baby, got a win. Eat that W in the words of Jameis Winston. He loves the St. Peter's Peacocks. They got a dub over Lehigh, so make sure you you go strike your stuff. LIU, Long Island University, got two wins against Farley Dickinson and Maryland Eastern Shore. Bad week for Farley Dickinson Sports after that loss to LIU. And that leaves us with one team that has a big goose in the wing column, and that is the Cornell Big Red. If you don't like Big Red, then... Don't win any baseball games. They got swept by George Mason over the weekend. They have not played a home game yet because it is just bone-chillingly cold up there in Ithaca. Their next two series are at Yale and at Columbia. Yale and Columbia, I believe, are like two of the better teams in the Ivy League over the last handful of years. So those don't seem like easy Ws. Their first home game is on April 4th against Ithaca, a Division three school. If they beat them, it will only half count. If they lo- that's a lose, lose, because if they lose, it's incredibly embarrassing. And if they win, it doesn't really count. And then they will have Brown at home. And that will be their real first opportunity to get a big win for Cornell. Steve.
0: Hang in there, everybody. Um, you know, keep fighting the good fight if you're a Cornell player. Um, Columbia is a baseball team that I don't think it's going to be their favorite series. Um, for Cornell, I could be surprised. But Columbia is, like, legitimately good. Like Yeah, I they're not just
2: Ivy League good. They're yeah, gonna,
1: like, go ahead. I was just going to say, they're going to want to catch – Yale's currently on an L6. They got Quinnipiac coming in midweek. You know, maybe we catch Yale scuffling because I'm not loving the Columbia matchup. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I, we'll have to see – uh, Yale has their last two series have been at San Francisco and at MacNeese. For whatever reason, <laughs> I just love some of these some of these trips that these Ivy League teams make. Uh, Could but,
2: Columbia beat Colombia?
1: Uh, no, dude. Iniga, they'd be shitting their pants. Are you kidding? Me? Academic
0: decathlon, probably, because it's the Ivy League, right? <laughs> That's true.
1: Uh, Yeah, at at, a quiz bowl uh, math league. Um, (laughs) We can do it. We'll we'll take the Lions. Uh, So good luck to Cornell. We hope you get your first dub here in the near future. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with our
2: favorite moments and players of the week. Today's show is brought to you by grassy area down the right field line. Did you bring your children to the college baseball game? Are they being unbearable, pestering you with questions and comments while you're trying to watch 19-year-old adult strangers at your local university do the baseball? Well, fortunately, you can send them to grassy area down the right field line. Ever since college baseball began back in 1885, Stephen Schock's freshman year, the grassy area down the right field line has been an oasis in a concrete desert. And most importantly, the cheapest babysitter you'll ever have. Maybe your kid accidentally throws a ball onto the field or comes back to the seat with a bloody nose, but who cares? Because if it happened on the grassy knoll down the right field line, did it really even happen at all? So the next time you're at a ball game and are looking for a grassy area down a foul line, make sure you choose us, the grassy area down the right field line, because the grassy area down the left field line is much steeper and full of gross bugs.
1: Yeah, shots fired at the grassy area down the left field line. We really appreciate the grassy area down the right field line for supporting us this week. Steve, thoughts? Um, <clears throat> you
0: know, tide, tide detergent will say, don't let your kids slide down that grassy hill. No, but tide what, what Tide that. detergent <laughs> won't tell you is that's exactly what you should do. You should you should keep letting your kids slide down that grassy hill and test the limits of Tide. They they say they can get those grass stains out, but we know we know. Jake, you ever slide in grass in your baseball pants? Try to clean them. Yeah. Grass stain out yet?
2: Yep. I'm a beast.
0: No way. There's a zero percent chance,
2: Jake. I'm a problem in the laundry room. I don't know. I don't know He's about that. He's a bucket. That. He's a
1: walking bucket of soap <laughs> of and soap. water.
0: Look, at Round Rock next year, we're going to run we're going to run a test where you have to go down a berm a 100 times. The minimal amount that a kid <laughs> that's, at a good, a baseball that's a good this is a good point. That is Well do. <laughs> the kids really embed the grass in your khakis or whatever pants you are wearing.
2: Bro, and you know me. I do Time out, Steve. You know me, I don't wear khakis. Yeah, I you you got these
0: weird, like, nice stretchy pants. I asked you the brand one time, don't remember it. Um, but text me it because I will buy those pants because they are cool looking pants. But anyway, we're gonna test out if you are a problem in the laundry room whenever our next trip is.
1: Okay, well, looking forward to that. (laughs) Um, Steve, let's move on to our favorite moments of the week. Uh, let's begin with the two broken bat singles we saw, or broken bat balls in play, at least. I know one of them was a hit. I forgot which exact games these were in, but Steve, as you very uh, eloquently pointed out in your tweet, um, not something you see every day in college baseball. Would you like to explain why?
0: Um, It's because, you know, in professional baseball, you may see it happen because the bats are made of a porous material named wood wood called, comes wo- from called trees. wood wood wood, wood.
2: wood. Uh. am i explaining am i pronouncing that right like food wood
0: no you're saying w o o d i want you to think of it w e a u x e a u x d
2: walled
0: Woad. yeah there you well, go you got, get it. It. got it but Dang. metal bats they're much stronger so it's interesting to see uh, I tweeted, okay, it's not every day you see a Broken Bat single after seeing a clip from uh, UCSD Baseball. And apparently they said, you know what? No one sees that because they deleted the tweet. Um, But later on during the day, uh, the odds of this happening are so slim. But there was another Broken Bat single in the Samford UT... What is that? UT Martin game. And, of course, it happened... The day I was talking shit about it not ever happening, um, so I had to own up and realize that it isn't every day, but apparently when it does happen, two in one day. Mm-hmm. So that that realization took a lot of weight off my shoulders. But you
2: know what they say, Steve: a broken bat is right twice a day.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or a bat is broken twice a day, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yes, that it, it is. I just love it because when this does happen it's the whole bat, right? And you're just left with it's not like obviously when a wood bat breaks it can break in the middle or it can shatter off the top or there's like like a metal bat only breaks by the whole the entire barrel going flying towards and you're left holding just the handle. Um
2: not a great look for uh whatever the bat company is and obviously very dangerous. I do not think there is a cooler thing to do as a college pitcher. Breaking a metal oh. <laughs> bat as a pitcher is yes. so yes. sick. Yeah. You ever That's do true. that,
0: Steve? Uh, no, I broke my bat as a hitter once in high school. Um, don't really know how. It just kind of like exploded on me.
1: But do you is is it more likely to happen getting jammed or like off the top?
0: i i would say getting jammed just because so many of the college bats are that two-piece
1: yeah
0: composite thing right. where they're connected in the middle so i think if you hit it right on that like point i feel like that's probably a weak spot in the armor so that's probably how this happens but one of them it looks like it was just kind of off the end of the bat it was just physics are crazy you know
2: steve's Maybe you were holding the bat the wrong way on the wrong end. I'm not exactly sure if you know that. If you're doing that, I, right. I, I,
0: I was holding it by my teeth.
1: So
2: <laughs> I see very cool. Uh, another moment I wanted to point out was Kyle Teal, the catcher at the University of Virginia, where you went. He got in a little trouble this weekend because he did the Juan Soto shuffle after taking a ball, mm-hmm. and the umpire told him to, to cool it, and then he homered. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about the um telling him to cool it with the soda shuffle? Like he could literally be like, Oh, soda does it.
0: Yeah, no, Kyle Thiel just does that literally every time he takes a pitch. It could be a fastball right down the middle, but he'd probably hit that. Um, but literally any pitch he takes, he he does that. So it's it probably it did happen earlier in the game. Nothing said about it. Like it's just kind of one of those things he does, you know? Sometimes you want to piss the other team off a little bit, get under their skin. It changes the way they play the game, changes the way you play the game. And I think those subtle nuances shouldn't really be taken out of it. But hitting a home run after it's sick. Um, the next inning, don't want to talk about it. Not my favorite things happen. But the back-to-back home runs and then just Kyle Teal getting yelled at and then saying, you know what, Fuck it, home run." It was it was really cool. I just wish it could have ended a little bit cooler. They got walked off uh, on.
1: Fun. Steve, let's move on to a tweet you sent, which appears to be a Snapchat video that you were sent. Um, I need to know more about the context here because you know sometimes you're quote tweeting or retweeting. This seems like you got a source here of a junior college baseball team who was shoveling ice off their field on the morning of a game because their coach was like, we're playing. Uh, who Do you know what team this is? What am I looking at here? It is a very funny scene, but I would like to understand more about what I am looking at. So
0: you are looking at Edison State Community College, and this clip was sent in by a man on Edison State, who goes by the Twitter handle, handle Manuel. And right now I'm currently looking up where Edison State is. It's in,
1: it's in Ohio. In ohio. in ohio
0: how close are you
1: uh, uh not uh i'll have to look up exactly where it is but they are the edison state chargers what i want to know is did they actually play today it does appear that they did play a game <laughs> today <laughs> against terra state and they won seven to five so looks like they did actually play this game steve or jake have you guys ever shoveled Ice. I mean, this is these are just like large chunks of ice, off of a field. Is that something that you guys have done before? Yes.
0: I haven't shoveled like pure ice like this, but close to it, I would say, like not that thick, like ice that's been thinner. And I, I want to correct myself. It it was sent in to me by Manny Wells. I, I just looked at the roster. That's who. Sent I see
1: it Manny Wells. Yes, I, I see him on the roster. Okay. We are, we are verifying your story, which is, which is obviously important with, with Steve sometimes. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, He said, uh, Coach texted in the morning, we're playing no matter what. And then
1: they played. <laughs> they sure did. Wow, this is really close to me, actually, um, which is kind of cool. Maybe I'll, I'll have to go check out the Edison State Chargers at some point. Um, so credit to them. Now, Steve, the cold was a theme of, of the weekend. Obviously, it's very true. Earlier the season, Jake, I know you coached a nine-year doubleheader in 35-degree weather today. Um, Steve, as a baseball player, I think we might have talked about this last year, but you know, what are your number one uh, most important tips for people trying to stay warm?
0: Okay, so number one, layer up. Don't be afraid to be the guy in the dugout wearing too many layers. You can always get colder. You can never get warmer than your maximum warmth. The cold, you can always get colder. Like, that's just how it is. So you want to pack as many layers as you can. Don't be afraid to wear sweatpants under your baseball pants. If you weren't pitching a day, there's no rules. Like, literally, you can have it where your legs look like a can of biscuits from, from your, your local Walmart that you're just about to pop because you have so many layers down there. Do it feel free so that's tip number one tip number two this okay not tip number two but featuring the warm bathroom we need the warm bathroom just going to highlight that just say be in it next don't be afraid to huddle up coach might tell you you know don't be soft you can be stronger than the cold we talked to iowa's coach he said that's eyewash when he sees another team do that he just knows he's going to win because these kids are going to end up being cold. And guess who doesn't want to play baseball when they're cold? Everybody. And play number three right here is I would argue the grittiest way to dodge the cold which is make your own hand warmers. Now, you might be wondering, Steve, I don't have the chemicals necessary. But I shit you not, I've done this before, I don't know why, but it, it dawned on me that Grab three handfuls of grass, healthy, hearty lumps of grass, and you just ball them up and you rub them together. I used to do this all the time in high school. Didn't do it in college, didn't want people thinking I was a freak. <laughs> Worked out well for me. But you just you rub them together really fast for as long as you can, and then you pull them apart and it's warm inside.
1: Were you starting a fire? Like, was this fuck? like... What are no, you talking no, no. about?
0: You just you just take the grass and rub it together really hard, and then the friction. I
1: feel like I feel like were you like, I, I, this sounds like it would just be really painful. It was like you're almost like creating friction, and thus like your hands no, were no, on fire, and that they like, were in a lot of pain.
0: <laughs> I, I see I see where you where I'm losing you. You're thinking I'm taking dry grass. I'm not. I'm not taking dead grass. I'm taking whatever grass is like in the ground. So there's still a little bit of moisture in it. So it's supple. It's not sharp.
2: It's, but the moisture from the grass is going to make your hands cold because when it's cold, moisture is no, worse. You not, realize, Steve, you could just rub your hands together yeah, that's what I was say. Mm-hmm. without the grass.
0: No, because the grass is the catalyst. That is the mm, jelly the catalyst. To the All right, butter.
2: here's what we need. Here's what we need. Everyone
1: listening to this, if you've heard of literally anything resembling this ever before under any circumstance – that remotely backs up a high school Steve's uh, strategy for keeping his hands warm. Please tell us. Please let us okay, know. That's Look, unhinged. What?
0: Okay, so I'll bring a thermometer for when Jake is testing out his uh, laundry skills sliding down the hill. I'll just be ripping grass, making hand warmers, heating the whole stadium.
2: Looking Steve, forward to it. Could it be it was like a lit joint you were rolling in between your hands? <laughs> that's what no, it was
0: no, 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 no. I is that really, why
2: you you're rolling grass? I was really yes, I mean, into the show, some code Survivor. Here. Like,
0: no, no code, clean cut kid. Like, I, I was a good kid. I was a good kid. good kid. I just wanted my hands to be warmer.
2: Kid <laughs> was a good kid, a and kid that's probably a good kid. that's probably
0: how they talked about me while I was warming up, playing with the grass. Yeah, no, no he's you were, good at baseball.
2: Yeah. Oh, he's a nice kid. Uh, I have a tip, Jordan, which is don't be afraid to use your friends for warmth. Um, the warmest thing in that dugout that you're in is your friend is your butt is your buddy. Yeah. All right. Um, That's what saying. Huddle up, man. Huddle up, huddle up baby huddle yeah. up. And then today you said, don't be afraid to layer. I had one of my nine year olds pitching in a coat today. I sent the kid out so, there in a coat. <laughs> I want to talk about that because are there rules against that in college? Yeah, probably. You have to have your Jersey on top. I would imagine. Yeah, but, but you if can... you
1: could, if you you just mentioned sweatpants under the baseball pants, again, there's no rule against that. Like again, obviously you'd be a little bit more restricted, but if you could have your coat under, as long as the jersey is shown sure. on the outside, you can what, do anything you want. Just what, throw
2: the North Face, the Canada Goose under the right. under the uni. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. good get, get, get some. Well, it depends what part of the country you're in, right? Some reach
1: some conferences you have Canada Goose, some conferences you have North Face. Obviously, yeah. a lot of Carhartt in my part of the country. You know? <laughs> so, I would I,
2: imagine, yo, someone get Boston College a home game <laughs> in March because we got to, we got, now that we can do this, it's a game changer.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I just, think. I'm curious about, like, I'm sure obviously there's levels of people saying, oh, you're soft. Oh, you have too many, whatever. But like, realistically, I called you can a move- mound
2: visit today, Steve. Mm-hmm. And uh, I brought hand warmers out there with me. And I put them in my pouch of my sweatshirt and I put my pitcher's hands like in the sweatshirt pouch. That was the whole mound visit. I was like, look, man, you're throwing great, but you're getting cold. So let's just pretend know. like we're having a conversation and warm you up.
0: Jake, I feel like you're a very fun little league coach. But you know who you you know who would actually really love grass hand warmers. You're not in your old baseball team. Tell those Steve,
2: guys about it. If you show up to my little league practice, and you tell the kids it's scientifically proven to rub grass between your hands to keep them warmer. I'm exiling you Steve. to Siberia. Well, because right? you because was... you
0: don't want to be overthrown. You don't want those kids to have that
2: power. Let it me tell like... you, I I am not intimidated by you, Coach Shock. It seems like scoach. what was happening
1: was. Was people were yelling at Steve to touch grass, and he was like, "All right, fine, Jeez. sure, guys." <laughs> um, okay, let's move on. No more, no more. Uh, how to stay? Hopefully, it will actually be just regular warm here soon enough, so we can stop talking about this. Let's run through some highlights, uh, some individual performances, and people we wanted to talk about before we say goodbye. The first one is the only one that made legitimate history, and that is Olivia Pichardo of. Brown Baseball, they already have a win, shouts out to Brown. Uh, Becoming the first uh, woman to ever play D1 Baseball. Pretty fucking sweet. incredible. No no, uh, exaggeration, not complicated. That is amazing, and hopefully the first of many. And this is exactly the kind of thing where you just need, like, this is exactly what we need. We just need to have someone do it, and then it's like, oh, this is not weird. Let's have more uh, women playing college baseball. (laughs) It should happen, and I'm sure that it will happen in the near future. So, congrats to Olivia and good luck to her on the season. Have you seen
0: how impressive her resume is? Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Like baseball wise, but also just like career Mm -hmm. wise. Like, I I clicked her resume and I was like, or her uh, bio for the school, and I was like, okay, this is someone who's going to be more successful than me. That's fine.
1: Yeah, um, it's very fun and very expect. Probably you could say that about a lot of the people on the Brown roster, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but definitely for Olivia. So just wanted to shout her out. Congratulations there. Uh, Jake, we should probably at least acknowledge Paul Skeens here for a little bit because while LSU did suffer a loss this weekend, it had nothing to do with Paul Skeens, who continues to roll on as the clear-cut best pitcher in the country. His numbers are completely outrageous. And uh, we're just now we're at the part of the season where opposing coaches are saying really crazy things about him after that he shoves it up their ass. Uh, And so the latest was, I believe it was Jim Schlossnagel who talked about how uh, it was basically like it was him and Mark Pryor and Steven Strasburg are like the three best he's ever seen. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not that he's got 59 strikeouts and four walks and has allowed. One run, so or two uh, earned runs, so that's pretty cool. But just like watching him, Jake, like, I mean, it's, I mean, we saw it too. Um, yeah, like, this is real news, man. This is, it's getting kind of, getting kind of, getting kind of real.
2: Time to tell your parents about Paul Skeens, all right? You've been dating long enough, okay? <laughs> Let your parents know that Paul Skeens is the real deal, okay? That your ball club and Paul Skeens are going to take that next step together. That is the truth. I love the way Paul Skeens bops around the mound. He moves in a very unique way. His wrist, that his glove hand wrist, is like cocked in a in a way that I've never really seen before. And he walks around in a way like he's almost like he's a, like a an octopus with feet. Like the way his hands kind of curl and move. He's very emotive. He's very watchable. And the thing is with him is we know he's very nice, right? Like we know Paul Skeen's nice guy, Air Force guy, like, he, you know what I mean? Straight laced, but he's just kicking people's ass. Yeah,
0: that, that's interesting what you said about him being like an octopus because I kind of see it as like his hands are just heavy. And that's why he moves like that, you know, because it's like a pendulum motion. I see.
1: I mean, he's enormous, so that definitely yeah. helps. It's also funny. I was like, oh, this dude, two-way player. And the first couple of weeks, it's like, oh, we want to see Skeens hit. And then now it's like, eh, whatever. He's the best pitcher in the country. I don't really need to see him hit, too. <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, I don't really blame him for focusing on the, uh, the old pitching. Uh, let's uh, talk about <laughs> Braden Montgomery's on here. I know Stanford swept Oregon State. Was there something uh, specific that Braden Montgomery did over the weekend that uh, you guys wanted to shout out?
2: Steve? Montgomery is yeah. different. Yes. I watched some Pacaronian 12 and he stands out as the most unique, like one of the most unique players. He, there, there was a quote, I think Mark DeRosa had it about Mike Trout on Team USA where no matter the level of play, no matter what team you're on, there's always one player who carries themselves and moves like they're the best player and people gravitate towards them. I have not been around Stanford enough to know if that is Braden Montgomery from like a culture perspective. But on the field, he makes baseball look so easy, so easy. And I cannot Mm. wait for this guy to get into pro ball. I know that is very selfish because it's a college baseball podcast and he's doing incredible things right now. But this is the type of guy who is going to do amazing things. I'm all in on this kid. I think like there's a legit chance he could hit and be a closer in the big leagues.
1: Yeah. No, this is this is what it looks like if you – and it's kind of cool, too, because it's like I – you know, we've had the guys, the two-way players that want to do the full both ways, and I want to see one that does try to do it that way, that is clearly a hitter, but can – like Mason Wynn, realistically, maybe could have done this, too, and it just seems like he's too good of a shortstop and a hitter, but – I don't know, I, I agree with you. I would love to see someone actually develop that way where it's like you are a hitter and you are a closer, you are a reliever. It's not trying to do all of it at the same time so and did
0: you see his uh way. outfield assist last week? I don't think I mean yeah way.
1: dudes if, I love when it's that obvious when the guy that throws ninety seven <laughs> also throws ninety seven from right field um it's uh it is it is fantastic um I wanted to shout out a couple guys here um First of all, do you guys know about Gavin Cash? Are you familiar with this Gavin Cash fellow and what he's been doing for Texas Tech?
0: I've I've heard reports.
1: Okay, so Texas Tech, you know, it's like, oh, well, who's going to be their big their big dude this year? He had a bit of a more quiet weekend this weekend uh, against Oklahoma State, but he's hitting 440. He has seven homers, whatever. Texas Tech, the big numbers. This dude was just on Texas last year as a freshman, and it hit, it like barely played, hit like 140. And it's like I don't know what happened there, but uh, maybe they could have kept Gavin Cash around (laughs) because it seems like the Longhorns could use a bat like Gavin Cash, but instead he's bopping in Lubbock. And uh, he has been tremendously impressive. So just wanted to flag that one. I also want to talk about Blaine Traxel, who's like 28 years old. Blaine Traxel stands out because he, again, like I said, he's like 28. He's at West Virginia, and this guy has thrown CGs in three out of his first five starts, which is just delightful. He's leading the country in innings by a lot Um, just through another uh, complete game yesterday against UNCG. But yeah, man. I mean, he went five, nine, nine, eight, nine. Those are his innings totals, going way over 100 pitches. And he's clearly in his last year of college baseball, and he's just gonna just let it eat, man. Just pitch, pitch, just keep on pitching. Blaine Traxel, we love to see it. And then the last guy I wanted to mention is of course Brooks Coetzee, who was hit by four pitches in one game last week, including a walk off plunking. Four hit by pitches in one game has never happened in a Major League Baseball game. It has happened in college many times. The record is actually five by Carlos Quentin in 2002. But I just love it because he told Red Rosevear, he's like, out of the way, buddy. I'm coming through. Now I've been plunked 17 times in 15 games. Red Rosevear is slipping. The magnet. Yeah. So Brooks Coetzee, one of the many old lads on, uh, <laughs> on Notre Dame, is uh, he's got a little, a little something special there. Um, so shouts out to Brooks Coetzee for his walk-off plunking. Um, Steve, any final thoughts, any final players you wanted to mention before we say goodbye? Um, I
0: just wanted to talk a little bit about Blaine Traxel because I did not realize any of that. As happens every week, Jordan has introduced me to a new baseball player that I am now excited about. and I'm going to do a deep dive into this kid. It looks like he might be a weird arm slot guy. Which
1: uh, wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't
2: shock
0: Jake, me. I don't know if you like weird arm slot um, <laughs> I
2: am one, yes.
0: Okay, well, uh, we, we, we could bond over that. Um, I also like that on their website, it just says fifth year. It doesn't say graduate student, it just says fifth year. Call it what like it is. That as well. And then, last thing I like about him, his Twitter, Twitter handle is at moneytraxel12, and his pinned tweet from February... 14th 2017 Valentine's Day having a nice nice Valentine's Day committing to California State University of Northridge and that's still the pin tweet which is interesting to me because there are tweets about West Virginia about him pitching there from does he not know as early as yesterday
1: does he not know he can change his pin tweet
0: I don't know but I'm interested I might DM him and ask
1: there you um, go. Well, you should. I'm sure he'll answer because you're at Big Donkey 47. Um, yeah, well, you're welcome I'm in on him. For, for the Blaine Traxel introduction. I believe he was like, you know, this kind of guy at, at Cal State Northridge before he transferred. But um, yes, I am very interested in him. All right, let's end it here. Let's say goodbye. Uh, thank you all for listening to another episode of Shock Factor. Jake Mintz, with the delight as always. Uh, Steve, close us out. Say goodbye to the good people um, before we talk to them again.
0: Hi everybody. It's been really nice talking with you. I've had a lot of fun. I hope you had fun too. I hope you had so much fun that you come back and listen to us do it all again next week, but with different things to talk about because different things happen in college baseball.